Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And you know it's Christmas time and we've been talking about Christmas. We're going to take a little diversion today because I was interviewed for a show just a couple of days ago, maybe even yesterday, um, this school in Pakistan where the Taliban attacked it and over 100 people were killed, most of them kids. And I was interviewed for the show, and I was asked by the host, well, where's God in all of this? You know, that people, whenever kids are attacked like this, or kids are molested, or kids are harmed in any way, lots of people wonder, where is God in in all of this stuff that's going on? How come God allows this stuff to go on? How come God doesn't stop it? How come God doesn't do anything about it? And, and I know where people are coming from a little bit, because intellectually, you can know what the Scripture says— that God's ways are not like ours. But every once in a while, you'll see some little kid, maybe three or four years old, got cancer, and you can't help but wonder, how can this possibly be right, or how can this possibly be good? And so I understand when people ask that question. And so I was interviewed about that, and we're going to talk about that today, is, is God in all of this? Where is God in all of this? And does God still love people even when these kind of things happen? And so that's that's going to be the basis of the show today. And as I was talking to him, I... I was reminded of the scripture in Romans chapter 8 where God works all things to the good for those who love him. So there are going to be things that happen to us in our life that we might not ever in our life know what good came from it. But yet somehow, some way, God is going to work for the good, all things, for those who love him. And so I see a tragedy like that. I see things happening like that. I see things happening in the lives of people that I know that that they didn't expect to happen to them. And you always have to fall back. I always have to fall back on that scripture that somehow, some way, God is working this to the good. I may not be able to figure it out. I may not be able to see it in this life. But the promise of God is that he is actually doing that. And since I know that all of his promises are always yes and amen, all of his promises are always good, this one will be too. And so somehow, some way, in every tragedy, in every circumstance, God is going to work things to the good. Paul writes that right now he sees us through a glass darkly. He doesn't see clearly, but someday he will know as he has known. And I'm convinced that someday we will look at these things and and God's plan and God's timing will all come into focus. And we'll say, yeah, that was exactly right. 
He and, knew what he was doing. And I'm going to go so far to say, you know, the Bible says in Colossians that in God and Jesus are hidden all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge. And, and over in the, the Gospels also, Jesus lets us know that uh, in this world you'll have trials and tribulations. But he also says that things that are hidden will be revealed. So there, there's things that's hidden from our understanding, but God says, I'm going to reveal them to you. And I'm going to go so far to say as he reveals the deep things to us through his word. It says over in Corinthians, through his spirit that lives in us, or his word is spirit, he reveals the deep things to us. And, and, and some of those deep things is, I'm going to say, the truth of God's word. In his word, he lets us know that... Uh, he lets us know. He lets us know that uh, in this world you will have trials and tribulations. And so, you know, and and I guess that all goes back to these promises of God that we have. We we know He tells us that we're going to have trials. He, we know He tells us that we're going to have tribulations. And so we know these things are going to happen. There's going to be terrible things that happen in the world at large. Then there are going to be terrible things that happen to us individually. Then there are going to be smaller things that happen to us. And yet in all of these things, we have all of his promises. So when we hear that he will work all things to the good, when we hear that he will never leave us nor forsake us, when we hear all of his promises, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As we hear all of those promises, I guess that's probably what, is being revealed to us the deep things of God. Because without <laughs> that That's knowledge, it. life makes no sense, and life is completely unfair. You don't have to get to be very old before you realize life isn't fair. I mean, just from the standpoint of fairness in our human eyes, a person like Charles Manson is still languishing in prison, living, and then you see a three-year-old or a four-year-old got cancer. And I don't know that there's no. not very many people say... Well, that just doesn't well, seem well, fair. And I'm going to say this back to the wisdom and the knowledge and the deep things of God. He's going to reveal them to us in his word. That's why he tells us to meditate on it day and night because he's going to reveal something. Now, as you were just saying that about Manson, the Holy Spirit just revealed to me what the word of God says, that he allows his light to shine on the just as and well as the unjust. So, so Rain falls on the just right. and the unjust. So, so now with that, that's the answer to... Why? Why does he get to live? Well, because that's God's love. That's his wisdom. He allows it. And if he wanted Mr. Manson to be dead, he could take his air, his breath from him today. But for whatever reason God wants him around, it is, that's God's business. See, and that's why we have to understand mm. that God's working all things to the good. Yeah. In ways that we may not ever see you know, and maybe he, he, understand. He, he, he probably want to show Manson his goodness to lead him to the Lord. Because the scripture tells us this. That he could get saved. Yeah, the scripture tells us this. The, re the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. And, and that's goodness when you deserve death because you've killed so many, like Paul. The Apostle Paul, but God says, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to show you some mercy, some grace, and, and allow you to continue to breathe my air and, and to live on this earth that I created. I, I'm, I'm going to do that. I know that you, you deserve death. You deserve death times 10. But because, I, I'm, because of my great love with which I love people, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. It could be the wisdom of God. So 
again, we can't analyze, try to lose a lot, use logic to try to figure out God. And, and, and the gospel is not logical. Well, see, I told somebody the other day, and I might have even been on that show, that if God could only figure out the things that I can figure out, we're all in trouble. If right. God's only as smart as I am, right. we're in trouble. If he's only as smart well, as you are, we're in trouble. Well, back I mean, the, that's just the way it is. God's ways are, are higher. far beyond right. ours. He doesn't even think like us. Right. And the in heaven, in Revelation, you constantly hear people in heaven praising God because he is just and true. That's what they're actually praising God about a lot of the time in heaven, is he is just and true. The things that he... The judgments he makes are all true because they're all based on every fact. You and I, everybody listening, nobody has all the facts. We can't know everything that happened. We can't know people's hearts. We don't know any of that stuff. God's judgments are always true. He has every fact, and he always makes a right judgment, and then they're just. So sometimes we might make a judgment might be based on enough of the facts, but then our judgment might not necessarily be just. God's judgments are not only true, but they're also just. And here's a prime example. Children of Israel, God anoints Moses, sends Moses after he was in exile. He was raised in Pharaoh's house, in exile for murdering an Egyptian. So in the fullness of time, God sends Moses back to Egypt to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He tells Moses, go tell Pharaoh, I said, because he said, well, who should I tell him sent me? He said, just tell him I am sent you to say, let my people go. But then guess what God goes to do? Harden Pharaoh's heart. <laughs> well, that makes it God. Come on, God. You schizo. You told me to go tell him, let other people go. Then you harden his heart to, to not let him go. He does it three or four times. But God has a wisdom for everything. He knows why he's doing what he's doing. Maybe he wanted to reveal something to Pharaoh. So we have to, that's why and, I say. And he's certainly revealing things to us thousands of years later. Right. And, and we can look back at that example. See, and that's what the Holy Spirit's job is. To, scripture says the Holy Spirit is your teacher, your tutor, your counselor. He's going to lead and guide you into all truth. He's going to reveal the deep things of God once you have that relationship with him. So when I see things going on in the world, I, I don't think it's strange because Jesus told me in his world, in his word, don't be don't think it's strange when you go through various well, trials. He said, the fact, there's still evil in the world. Right. And he said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. It's going to happen. He says, when you see rumors and wars and rumors of war, don't, don't, don't you get afraid. You just know that, you know, the end is coming. So he, he gives us all this truth and all this wisdom in his word. He says, okay, you put confidence in what I said. That makes, that's what it means, have faith in God. You put faith in what I said and meditate on what I said because that's where I'm going to give you revelation at. I'm going to reveal some deep things. I'm going to give you some understanding. So now you can, all this stuff can be going on, but but you can have peace in the midst of a storm. Well, Ask Jesus. You know, um, Philippians chapter 4, when he talks about in all things, come to God in prayer and thanksgiving, and then the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I love that verse, in all things. So that means in good times, that means in tragedy, that means in the middle good, the bad, and the indifferent, whatever is happening, he says, come to God in, with prayer and thanksgiving, and then the peace that passes all understanding. So we can have peace 
that other people will never understand, Ooh, there, even right in the there. midst of the worst thing that could happen to us. And, and Jesus is referred to as the Prince of Peace. And, and again, I live in a city. I, I'm involved with a lot of civil rights organizations, and I'm a community organizer, social activist. And, and I get invited to, to peace protests, peaceful ones, and, and I usually carry this sign with me because everybody have their signs when they're protesting. But Richard, I know I'm out the box, Pastor. But I have this sign that says this, because I'm always advancing the kingdom. I have this sign on a stick that says, No Jesus, N-O Jesus, N-O peace. And then the bottom says, K-N-O Jesus, K-N-O peace. Again, no Jesus, no peace. Knowing Jesus, you're going to know some peace. Right, see, that's the only way you're going to get it. it. That's it. See, that's the only way you're going to get it. Right. Peace on earth to him on him whose his favor rests. God gives us peace. Right. Be, people read, you know, peace on earth and they think, well, there's still wars. How come there's still wars? That's not what he was talking about. He said, the peace I give you, the world can't take it away. And they don't even understand it. Right. And that doesn't mean, you know what, you could lose your job and still have peace and joy. Well, it's the same peace Jesus had when he was in the boat going to the other side. And the disciples was afraid of the storm and the winds. And Jesus was asleep on the pillow. He woke up, scripture say he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, be still. He had peace. They were fearing for their life. They were afraid, talking about we're going to die, and Jesus chilling at rest. Right. Peace. And now he says, that same peace I got, boom. Once you come to know me, you got that same peace. That's why the holiday season, most joyful time of the year, peace on earth and goodwill to all men, it's only found through Jesus. You're not going to get it, you know, searching all these, looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, see, and, and you're not, there's a lot of people that will do that for a month and then forget all about no, it. You know, they're going to they're gonna live a completely different way in March and April and May than they do in December because they're not thinking about peace on earth. That peace that you're going to have that's going to last all year can only come through Jesus. Right. That peace that you get because you're seeing it on signs everywhere and you just want to be nice because it's almost Christmas, that won't last. You'll go back to your old self. Right, that, you, that peace that lasts only comes from well, him. Well, it's about continuing. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's just like a plant. His word is seed. We plant it in the good ground of our hearts, and, and it's the sword of the spirit, too. It's, it's designed to cut out or uproot any plant that he hasn't planted or seed he hasn't planted. It'll uproot thinking, thinking, and the new stuff has to come in. But here's the thing I know about plants and seed. You got to continue to to nurture it. You got to continue to water it. Put some uh some some what they call it plant food on it, and, and you you feed it with some more words, some meditating on the word. You got to continue to do that because remember, you're gonna always move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. What you feed the most is gonna become the strongest. Well, you know the old saying. There's a saying in the world, and it's true, and it goes exactly what you're saying. If you believe you can, and you believe you can't, you're gonna be right either way. Yeah, you're right. So you might as well, Jesus, guess what Jesus says? Repent means to come back up here to this highway of living where Adam lost in the fall and, and believe the gospel. He said, believe this. Because if you believe this, you're rolling. You're doing 100 now. And that's all it is with the word. It's just believing it. See, and this is why we have to come back to faith so much. You know, we talk about faith on fire, and that's the name of the show. But this is why faith is so important, because... Things do happen in the world. There are things that are going to happen in the world. There are things going to happen in our own life. And we have to have faith enough to believe God and believe God's promises. Last week, since um, last week, you know, we were going to have a big storm. And I think we talked about it the one day on the show. 
you know, a big storm was going to hit Chico and boy, there was going to be 70 mile an hour winds and power was going to be out and trees were going to be down and start building an arc because we're all going to die. And guess what happened? The, the wind didn't blow as hard and the trees didn't fall down and the power didn't go out and we didn't all need to swim <laughs> right, and we right, didn't right. all die. We didn't even need any sandbags. But I met people, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week, I talked to people that were just practically wringing their hands, scared to go out. Remember the lady that went, didn't really want to open the, the She didn't thing? want to build enough for our midweek Bible study because <laughs> she was afraid of the storm. That never came. Right. Fear. False expectations appearing real. She was fearful about something she heard. Right. That, that didn't even I mean, manifest. It wasn't just her, though. I mean, I oh, no, it was all over. last week that, oh. that literally were wringing their hands, wondering if they were going to make it through the next day, and we're all going to die in this storm. Now, you know you have to live in Northern California to know the storm that's supposed to bring three inches of rain is... A world ender uh -huh. because a lot of people in the midwest get three inches of rain in a storm every day in the summer so some of it is just where we live but it is so easy to get to a place in your life where you just worry all the time about everything you have a job loss well of course you need to be worried because what could happen that would be good from a job loss so, of course, you need to fret. Of course, you need to lose your joy. Of course, you need to lose your peace because you lost your job. Those things don't go together. You can lose your job and still keep your peace because your peace comes from God, not from your job. You can lose your job and not lose your joy. Your joy does not come from your job. You can lose your spouse to divorce or death. You can lose your house. You can lose whatever it is that you might lose. And just because you lose it doesn't mean that you have to lose your peace and lose your joy and lose your comfort. All of those gifts come to us from God. They don't come from things. And so one of the biggest problems that we have, I think, even as believers, and certainly as people who are not of faith, is that it is so easy to think that that's where those things come from. I get my joy, people think, from my spouse. My spouse, part of their job is to keep me happy. Part of their job is to make me happy. And so I get my peace and my joy and my happiness from my spouse. Some people, for some people, that's their children. They get all their, their feelings of joy. They get their feelings of peace and comfort. They think from their children or their job or whatever it might be. And so we get on those things and we start to think that those are the things that are giving it to us. Those are the things that are the most important. You're going to get peace and love and joy and kindness from God. And so you can lose those things and still have it. And so as we started the show, as we began the show and we were talking about this whole idea of where is God in all of these things? Where is God when, when I lose my job? Where is God when I see a child and maybe even my own or a grandchild who is really ill? Where is God when the Taliban attacks a school and kills over 100 people, most of them? Where is God? And you have to remember that God is there with you.
He is there with people. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can go through the greatest trial of your life, whatever it might be, knowing that he is with you, that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, that his grace is sufficient. I heard a person one day say to that when God, they said, where's God? Where was God when this happened? And a person said to them, he was in the same place he was when his son died on the cross. He was in people. He was there. He was giving his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And what did God do? He forgave people. If there was ever a time when God was going to just wipe people out, when God was just going to put an end to people, when God was going to say, this is just way too much, it would have been that day when his son was on that cross when his son died. But God saw that as a place to forgive. And he still sees it as a place to forgive. And it is still through our faith in Jesus Christ, died on the cross, rose from the dead, that we are able to find forgiveness for our sin. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Charles Manson and talking about how unfair it seems that he's still alive and, and maybe children are ill or children die. What we have to understand is that we're all sinners that we all deserve death. The Bible talks, especially in Romans chapter 1, talks about a list of things that are deserving of death. Gossip is one of those things. Um, lying to your parents is one of those things. We don't things. like to believe that, huh? Lying, you know, <laughs> all those things are worthy of death. So you as a sinner, in the sense of sin, you are as worthy of death as Charles Manson. You're as worthy of death as these Taliban that killed these children. And yet God saw us and had mercy on us because of our faith in his son. And it was his son as he died on that cross that he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I would say that Jesus is still saying that about people today. Even the ones that we want God to just get them. He needs to just get him. You know, as you said that, I, I think he wasn't just talking about the ones that had him on the cross. Right, he but, was talking about everybody. Yeah, he was talking about humanity. Even anybody that's going to be born, Father, forgive them. Jesus was on the cross because of my sin. Right. He was on the cross and because of And you wasn't even sin. born yet. Right. But you were already predestined before the foundation of the world. He knew you were going to need a, that's him as a Savior and Lord. Right. Yeah, so that's and, good news. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't there, but... He died on and the a lot cross of people for like me to, they, just as much as A anybody. lot of people like to say that, well, I, I didn't sin. It wasn't me in the garden. You were born <laughs> into sin, shaped in iniquity. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. But the good news is, this is the gospel, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's the gospel right there. That's so, it. So I guess my answer to where is God in all this God is in the same place he's always been, in a place of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. God brings forgiveness. So it doesn't matter if one child is killed or a hundred. It doesn't matter 
um, what is going on that seems so unfair or doesn't seem right. God is in a place of forgiveness. He forgives people of their sin. We don't necessarily like that because there are some people we think, man, they're so bad. They but, just but here's the deal. But we want to get forgiven from ours. Oh, yeah, of course. Because Every one of them. that bad. No, even when yours was that bad, See, you my, still want I some forgiveness. Nobody. Well, I might have lied to my parents once or twice. I might have lied to a teacher. You know what? All have sinned. Right, but I mean, short. that's how we see it, though. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's so easy for us Again, Christians. back to what you said, how we see it. He, But he sees it way up here. But, I mean, we see it as, you know, my sin wasn't that bad. Well, well, I never it, really it don't did anything but, that bad. But, but, but it really don't matter how we see it. it it's how God right. sees he it. he sees that sin as worthy of death. <laughs> right. And he had to, it took <laughs> the same amount of Jesus' blood to save me as it does anybody else. Well, and it reminds me of the, Jesus told the story to guys that went out to work. A servant sent his... The master sent his service out to get somebody to work into his fields. And he, well, picked this one at this certain time, that one in the midday, this one in the latter day. And he told him how much he was going to pay him. But the one that started early said, well, why is he getting the same amount as I'm getting? He's like, it's mine. I can do with it what I want to. Well, that's not fair. Like you say, he, he's just. <laughs> right. He's well, just. See, and, and, but, I mean, that's how we apply human logic to it. I mean, that's where the prodigal son's older brother is not happy. When dad is so happy that his long-lost son has come back, mm -hmm. when dad is so happy that he's ready to have a big feast in his honor that he is back, the older son is mad. He is mad about that. He says, I've been here working my fingers to the bone, and you didn't do any of this stuff, and now this kid's back, and you want to have a party. This isn't right. And that's how we are sometimes as Christians. You get to be a Christian at a really young age. I've known people that they got to be Christians at like 10 or 12. I didn't till I was about till I was 27. I didn't tell I was 37. And so I talk to people that are 10 or 12 and you ask them about how long you've been a Christian and they'll say my whole life. I've been a Christian my whole life. Well, I understand what they mean in that much of their life as they can really remember, except nobody's a Christian their whole life. At some point you become a Christian. You put your faith in Jesus. And that's great when it's your 10 or 12 well, or your well, I young. guess they wasn't born in sin. Right. <laughs> well, see, because we don't think of because mm -hmm. I was only 10 or 12. What could I have possibly done that was that bad? And yet... You, it, inherited, you inherited the sin nature. That plus the fact that if you ever lied to your parents even once before you got saved, or you ever well, 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 did that, anything... That, that's committing the sin, but again... But you were born a sinner. Yeah, everybody. so everybody qualifies for salvation. <laughs> you right. were born. You couldn't have missed it. Right. The only person that wasn't born a sinner in reality was Jesus, but he had to look like sinful man. He had and, and they accused him of, of oh, yeah. capital punishment. That's why he can legally go to hell. But he, God had a plan. I'm going to send him to hell to take back the keys, take back what the devil stole. It was God's master plan see the gates of hell can't prevail right see i always say people think that that's breaking in i say you know he was breaking out right breaking <laughs> yeah. us out out of bondage right and so god if you ever wonder where's god god is in a place of forgiveness god is in the business of forgiving people well we're out of time but we're definitely not out of faith and we don't mind you as you go through this week keep walking by faith
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.